told you who I thought I was. A guy. There's no excuse for not living up to your fullest potential. No excuse. Let's do it, Black Excellence. Let's go. Go, 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 go. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? It is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Say It Loud Podcast on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcast. I'm excited to be sitting in front of a new friend, a new young lady I met, and somebody who's getting ready to change the world um, in her perspective and her, uh, I would say her field of work. Um, born and raised, and I'm going to get the exact city when we get into it, but in Indiana. Um, and now she's living in LA um, in the city of dreams onto bigger and better things. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to introduce you guys to Mrs. Allie Chapman. Hi. How are Hi, you doing? <laughs> good, good, good. So yeah, just a little bit about yourself. Tell the people, you know, where you're from. I should have asked you before, but I messed up. I forgot. But, uh, you know, born and raised and, uh, you know, you don't have to drop age. It's all good. Okay. I respect that. So born and raised. Yeah, I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, Naptown. So I got it right. Uh, I just didn't know if I was like the city. That's where I was like, oh, I forgot the city. Um, so you were born in there. And then how long did you how long did you spend there? Uh, most a majority of my life, okay. actually. Um I, I did leave uh, for a little bit. I dipped down to Atlanta, ATL. ATL, shouting. <laughs> <laughs> I lived there from 2000 to 2002. I went to school for fashion merchandising. Oh, nice. Got my associates in, in that. So um, then I went back home, you know, back to Indiana. And then I was just like, you know, you're, you're just trying to figure out, even though I was grown up, you're trying to figure out what am I going to do when I grow up? Like, mm. what am I actually going to do? Hmm. So, yeah. what um what about LA or even just coming to the West Coast was I guess you could say appealing to you at first or did you have a different career path prior to coming to LA that you were like you know what I, I kind of just want to pursue that was it the the career that brought you out west or was it the location Yeah it, so um it was the I would say it was the career okay. path but it was what I ended up doing while living in Indiana, it was at the very end of living in Indiana. So doing that one thing uh, is what, then I was just like, oh, wait, I can do it bigger in California. Mm. In fact, you can't really do it in Indiana. Mm. Um, so I ended up, yeah. So basically, long story short, I just, it, it was more so, uh, you know, of what I wanted to accomplish um, career-wise. I was like, everyone... Every, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, everyone said L.A., L.A., L.A. So, but then I, I, I came out here for, I never thought, I don't know, like, if you would have asked me prior, I just never would have thought of living here. I always thought I would live in, like, New York. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, you already came from the snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm already used to the cold, so I'm like, you know, that, I mean, I hate the cold, but I, I was used to it. So, I always saw myself as, a like, Oh, I love that fast pace of, of New York. And now it's like living in L.A. You couldn't, I this mean, I'll fast visit enough. New York, but you could not ever catch me <laughs> walking around in a blizzard, like in the cold. No, it's hopping on subways, <laughs> all these steps and salt rock and all that. Yeah, I not feel that. me, not me. So no. after you got your associates, you moved back um, and you worked. What kind of career did that, <clears throat> excuse me, take you down? Were you in the fashion industry? Did you do more of like... Um, like contract work for something else. Like what? What did you actually do for work prior to getting to LA? Yeah, well, I did like an internship um, during, like, when I was in school. Mm -hmm. um, I did an internship, like, over the the holiday break back in Indianapolis. I okay. did it at Nordstrom. So okay. um, when I decided after I graduated it, it, school in Atlanta, um, I, you know, I, I was just kind of like, well, I wanted to go home. I was homesick. I don't know why. Because um, now you forget about it. But I was homesick at the time. And so with that internship, they offered me a job um, at Nordstrom. So it made it, nice. it was an easy transition to go back home and to start working um, at the place where I did the, the internship. So Very nice. that's kind of how that happened. So took you back home. Now, do you come from a large family or is it just like, was it like, you know, mom and dad or kind of what, what made you homesick more? Was it? your friends and family or was it actually Indiana which no offense but I find the hard to believe it wasn't the family part um it well at the time you know it was yeah I missed my dad mm -hmm. um, my mom ironically 
when I was going to, to college in Atlanta, she ended up moving down there. She, <laughs> yeah. My baby ain't going without <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> she follows me literally everywhere I go. And in fact, I'll, I'll tell you later, but she's, she is on the West Coast too. Not, not in LA. She's four hours from me. She's in Vegas, but she doesn't let me go too far without her. So, oh. so it wasn't my mom that I missed, but I think the, 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 there's two things. Uh, my niece and nephew at the time were little kids. They're now they're in their twenties, but um, but they, they weren't little kids, but they were kids, right. and they were growing up. And I didn't want them not to have their only aunt around them, uh, aunt. I mean, I say aunt, but um, I didn't want them to have not have their aunt around them. And so I missed them. Uh, shout out to Raven and Pierce, but also hey. yeah, and I missed my dad too. But I, I have to admit, my friends were... I they was, held you down. Yeah. I, I mean, that. I loved my, my indie friends. And it's funny because half of them I speak to now. But <laughs> um, at the time, I mean, I still have a few left. But um, those friends at the time were a big factor of why I was like, yeah, I want to... I need my friends, my, my girls, you know, so... I, yeah. Got to your circle. Now... Staying on that same topic and subject, uh, when it comes to the Midwest versus the West Coast, what is it that you miss the most that you wish you could bring to the West Coast? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think L.A. is a very friendly place. It can be. Huh. But, but, but then also, it, sometimes it can't be. Like, just saying hi to people uh, sometimes is weird for especially natives. Um, yeah, you LAs hate us. I swear you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think people think it's kind of sometimes weird when you just say hi. But you know, back at home, it's kind of like you speak to everybody. So um, you know, I, I do miss that. I think it's a little easier. I don't know. It's I, I want to say it's easier to make friends back at home, but I don't know. I've actually made. I have a wonderful circle around me now. So. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I guess just that whole Midwest vibe where um, it's just friendly, friendlier, yeah, just, just friendlier. feels friendlier to say hi and people smile at you in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and parking. I'm yeah, sure oh, it's yeah. a little oh, easier. Oh, and I, if I could bring that traffic here and get rid of this traffic uh, <laughs> and the cost of living, okay, so now I'm on a roll. But uh, definitely the cost of living of you know apartments, houses, and everything. God, if I could bring that here. Um, it'd be golden. <laughs> so when you decided to make the move um, from Nordstrom and move to L.A., did you move with the company or did you quit? And when did you get a change of heart? Uh, no, I quit. Okay. <laughs> um, I I quit. It was I was, five years. Of work, so I went back home for five. After Atlanta, I went back home for five years. Okay. And I worked at Nordstrom's for five years. And it was great. It was a great experience. Shout out to Nordstrom's. But I just... You know, there was always something in me that said um, that I should be doing something bigger, mm. uh, bigger, and I—it's I, limited in, in smaller. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; smaller cities are, are, are amazing, wonderful, some of the best people you'll ever meet. But it, I find that the Midwest can be limiting to, to very comfortable. Yeah, it, it's very comfortable, and. Um, I didn't want to be comfortable anymore. I wanted to get uncomfortable so I could, um, I wanted to get out of the box, basically. Something different, and, something new. Yeah, something different, you know, and I just knew, I knew there was something, there was just something so much more than what I could ever accomplish back at home. And, um, so yeah, I, I knew I had to, I had to go. It's time. <laughs> yeah. So when go. you packed up and you packed your bags, mm -hmm. did you take a flight? Did you drive across country? Did you get on a train? Did you get on a bus? Did you hitchhike? <laughs> You'd be surprised. I've heard some stories on how people got to L.A. So I'm not limited to nothing. <laughs> well, my mother funded, um, bless her heart, she funded a trip um, for, it was me, my sister, um, my niece and nephew, which they were teenagers, almost, almost adults. Um, basically, as a whole family, we needed something different. Um, sister was kind of going through some things, um, and, uh, you know, just, I don't know. We all just collectively decided we needed a change. We a needed new to chapter. Move our, yeah, uproot our family and move. So, um, uh, you know, I'm kind of the leader of the family. So I was like, hey, guys, okay, we're all moving to Vegas. I was like, I want L.A., yeah. 
I was like, I want LA, but we, I can't afford it. We can't afford it. So Vegas is good because, um, it's four hours from LA. And since I wanted to pursue, uh, entertainment, I thought we'll just live there economically and I can drive back and forth or As necessary. Or whatever mm-hmm. and, and do what I want to try to do in LA. So I made everybody move and they did. <laughs> so <laughs> the first stop is Vegas. That's what's up. And so you got to Vegas. We drove. Was that your, have you, oh wow. Have you ever been to Vegas prior to that or was it always like, we got to go to Vegas? And it was kind of just like from what you've seen or. Yeah. I I took one trip. I I never, I took one trip with uh, an ex girl. I don't wait. An old friend. An an old friend. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying (laughs) to say a girlfriend. She wasn't my girlfriend. I'm. Yeah. Your girlfriend. But, uh, yeah, your she was a, a friend, mm-hmm. but we're no longer friends anymore is what I'm trying to say. Got so, it. yeah, we took a, a trip there, and um, I liked it. All the lights and the the casino action and the strip. And the and, buffets. You know, I'm like, all these lights. We don't have that back at home. I've never seen anything like this, you know. So um, just kind of taking that trip um, was definitely influenced um and also, prior to that trip, too, uh, me and my mom and sister, had all, uh, my mom's best friend lived in L.A. Okay. And we also took, three of us took a trip to L.A. So, I had, at that point, I had been to both places. Nice. First time visit on both. Both. And both of them, I was like, I'll take them both. I love it, you know? <laughs> it's so different from what anything back at home. So, yeah. I, um, yeah, so those, those trips really influenced you know, me getting everyone geared up to, let's, let's do it, fam, you know? <laughs> and then it opened up your eyes and you got into the entertainment business. Um, was it hard at first to um, make auditions or make castings or make even interviews um, if they were like, hey, can you be in L.A.? Or was it a lot of like, you were kind of just like, I'm working in Vegas right now trying to get Vegas gigs? Or were you like, I'm living in Vegas trying to get L.A. gigs at first? Like how you said you were driving. Was it a lot of driving or? Well, okay. This is a funny story. Oh, yes. I I stayed in Vegas a week. <laughs> <laughs> I made my whole family uproot their entire life, okay? They did that for me. And I took one weekend trip. As soon as I get to Vegas, I go, I come to L.A. for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an invite and someone said, come. I did, and I, like, went back home and packed all my stuff, and I was basically <laughs> like, see you, family, I'm going I'm only four hours away, away though. <laughs> yeah, like, sorry I moved everybody, but I'm out, you know? Wow. So, yeah, but, um, <laughs> so that was kind of a, a, a bad, I mean, you know, it's kind of mean of me, but they understood, and they definitely understand now, um, you know, this is eight years later, but um, I just... You know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I was planning on staying in Vegas, but it just somehow worked out. God brought me to LA quicker than I could even have ever imagined. Mm. So, so I never had to do the back and forth. Oh, let me go to audition. Let me go to this. I just one weekend and I'm here. You just got him there safely, basically. Washed your clothes once, (laughs) hopped in, and then took off again. I took off. I feel that. That was it. Yeah. So when you got to LA, um, and we kind of dibble dabble into it. Okay. Um, you got into the film industry as an actress. I did. Um, how hard was it at first when you know, like, people were like, they're always going to be like very large auditions or like finding the auditions and. You know, it's quote unquote the city of dreams, like I introduced it as, you know, where it was like everybody's out here to do it. What what was your drive behind it? Like what was your passion for acting? Uh, my passion for acting was just um, being an actress, excuse me. Yeah, being an actress, yeah. Um it was well you know, prior to when I was in Indiana, um I did get um a part which I'll we'll talk about later, but I did get a, a really great part um, before actually moving here. So, um, and and that was uh, the part that I did was shot in New York City, and I lived in New York for um, almost two months. And um, so, getting the the opportunity to do that, but then you know going back to Indiana, so that opportunity just always stuck in my head, and that's why that's what influenced me that this is what I need to do. It could be a lot bigger. A, a, for my life, you know, um, it just, it just, 
I guess it's called the acting bug. Mm. You know, you do, you are you're on set, and this was a major set. You do one thing, and it was like that acting bug. I mean, I caught it, you know, and it never left me. And so that was that was the driving force to saying eventually I need to make my way in L.A. and stay in L.A. and try all means things necessary. possible in in that field. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. And now eight years later, um, you know, like you were saying. You caught the bug. Do you still have the bug or now are you growing? And we'll touch on it a little bit more. Are you growing more in towards behind the scenes as much as in front? Or are you still like, I want my I want my soapbox. I want to be in front right now still. Yeah, no, I still want to be. Uh, I have, I've never thought about behind the scenes. I, I think eventually down the road. But right now I still have, definitely have the acting bug. Um, that has not left me. Don't think it will. Um so that's good, but um, yeah, I you know I've done I've done some things, but I still feel like I mean and the things I've accomplished are really you know pretty cool. Really cool. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. But I I still I'm not there yet. I'm not satisfied. I I mean I'm I'm grateful and I'm I feel blessed um, for the things I have got to do. But I'm just I I'll, I know what it's gonna take to for me to feel like I'm I, I'm there. And so, it's kind of it's good though. I'm not there yet because it's it's pushing me. It's still making me, you know, every day I wake up and I try harder. So, um, and I, I feel that eventually, it's it's gonna happen um, for sure. Trust the process. Oh yeah, yep. I do. I do a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, no, but um, no, I'm definitely. I still have the acting bug. It's. It's it's a disease I can't get rid of. <laughs> and last last question before we take a little commercial break. Okay. Um, when you hear, or if you were to hear of a young woman coming from the Midwest, coming from a small town, coming from the East Coast, anywhere basically not LA, um, when you first made your move, what what was what was your mindset like? What what pushed you over the top to be like, I need to do this. Like th this is where my heart's at. Um, if you give them a word of advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody coming from anywhere, if you want to try the city, um, there there was different phases of of me being here. I went from when you first get here, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's nothing like this at home. This is amazing, super exciting. Uh, I love this place. And then then there's like, I don't know. Then there's months later where then you. You know, sometimes when things don't always go right or something happens, then you start to second-guess yourself, like, am I really meant to be here? Maybe I should go back home and be comfortable mm. where I was and and just do that. Um, but I would say for anyone that that starts to feel like that, um, you, you came here for a reason. Um, if you didn't like where you were, obviously you came here for a reason. Don't give up. Um, there will be a, a time of loneliness especially when you come and you don't have friends or family, you know, there will be a period of loneliness or what am I doing? I had it safe at home. I didn't have to struggle as much. I just need to go back. But I, I say, no, there's a reason um, that you made it here. And it's it, a lot of people want to be here. They can't. They can't find the means or the way to get here. So if you, if you make it here, don't give up. You know, stick with it. Um, anything in life is that you do that's kind of out of the box is not gonna be you know like roses every day it's not you know but just stick with it i say give anything time because like even within the, the year of me being here i like i said i went through the first couple months was like magical then it was like the next couple set of months were like oh what am i doing i need to go home so i say give anything a full year before you I don't want to say throw in the towel, but, you know, before you decide it's not Make me. a large decision. Yeah, you have to give anything and everything time. Give it time. Mm. I like it. You are tuned into the Say It Loud podcast. Say It Loud. Say It Loud. It's funny. It's deep. It's lit. Say It Loud. Say It Loud. Best podcast I've ever listened to. And we are back, Say Loud Podcast. Once again, I'm still sitting down with the marvelous Mrs. Ali Chapman going into the second part. As you heard a lot of the times, what we kept saying is we're going to get into it later. We're going to get into it later. Now, what I want you guys to really hear and listen for is something that I found the most interesting and intriguing about Ms. Chapman's story 
is that not only is she an actress that moved from the Midwest to the West Coast um, and it picked up a lot of roles early on and is still continuing to grow into it, um, but her typecasting is um, a little different than the average. Um, she's actually a woman of color that is also a little person. And I wanted her to kind of touch on not only being a little person, but also being a little person actress. So with that, Ms. Ali, going back to it now, we can say it. When you first moved out here and, uh, you know, the actress world and all that stuff was very large and, you know, who you're going against, how was it being a little person trying to find an audition also? Well, that's a whole... Um, Separate episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Um, you know, in, in, the, in the world of acting, it's competitive anyway. Um, you know, just giving you an example, if they say we need a, uh, let's just say, a, you know, a woman of color between five feet and five five, um, that's, that's a lot of people. Um, that's a lot of people that are going to go out for that audition. Um, but that, that's an audition that I... I generally can't be a part of. Um, so usually the things that I have gone out for or my agency sends me out for is uh, a role of, as a, for a little person. Um, and so when it's a little person role, then every little person in LA goes to it, you know? So, I mean, so it's, it's then again, there's still more competition. Um, even though we're not, I'm not average size, then it's like, you know, a large demographic of, of women that, that are five five to five five, uh, five excuse me five foot to five five come out but it's it's just it's still a lot of competition regardless because then you've limited this role this is for a little person and um, a little person between the ages of 25 and 45 um, men, men or women and so it's like literally you're gonna have Every no person that hears about it is going to be there. Mm. So yeah, it's it's um, it's competition no matter how you look at it. You right. know, um, it's just competitive, and um, so you're you're still up against a lot no matter no matter being little or not being little. Um, but yeah, but it does change um, me being a, a small person. It changes what I can do, and um, and what I can go out for. Um, it limits me even more so, uh, quite a bit, you know. Um, I wish I could just go out for anything. Any and every role, yeah, right. but I can't. Um, I think I should be able to, but that's just not the way society is set up quite yet. <laughs> Currently. So going back, backtracking, I'm going back to like kind of growing up. Um, when did you become personally aware that... You know, like we were talking about earlier, that life isn't um, set up for little people and you have to adapt to life rather than life adapting to you. Yeah. Like what age did, you, did it really hit you that you were, I don't want to say not average, but like you weren't like everybody else in high school and yeah. middle school and stuff like that? Uh, I, I mean, I knew, my mom explained it to me when I was like five. But, you know, in, in grade school, kids were, they were taller than me, but not too much. Um, it really started to be more noticeable in junior high, especially high school. I realized, okay, I'm this. I'm not getting any taller. <laughs> um, How I, tall are you? I'm three foot eight inches tall. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm, I've always wanted to ask that. Yeah, I'm under, I'm actually under four feet. Well, um, <laughs> I wish I was at least four feet. I, I don't mind being a little person. I wasn't always, I would, would not have said that back in the day. Mm. I'm actually okay with it now. I just wish I had a couple more inches on me, you know, um, but it's okay. You know what? Whatever God, uh, gives you, you make the most of, of the situation. So I've accepted it long ago that this is what it is and now I'm not only do I accept it, but I want to show the world what it is as well, and and how someone like me basically <laughs> shed more light into um, into my world. Right. Yeah. And with that, um, and we'll I'll definitely plug or send out the link to it. Uh, the day in the life of mm -hmm. Ali Chapman. You know, we we're you guys were grocery shopping. You were driving. 
I mean, we talked about this a little bit off, but now I want to revisit it again. Like, what was the hardest thing, I guess, about adulting and also adapting, if that makes sense? Like, is it your living quarters? Is it when you leave your house and you're you're going out and there's, you know, is it people looking at you? Like, what, what, what became the hardest thing as, as a woman? Uh-huh. Being a little person, that was the hardest thing to, um, I guess you could say, get used to or yeah. adapt to. Well, when, I will tell you, I had such a fear. When I was in junior high and high school, I hated the idea of, of getting older. I mean, I, Luckily, in, in school, everybody was pretty cool to me. I had a lot of friends. I didn't have a certain type of friends. I was friends with everybody. Um, I got lucky. We're Capricorns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't bullied. I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, horror stories from little people. Um, I didn't, I mean, I've had a couple of incidences that were totally awful but but I mean as a whole everyone I love everyone loved me everyone looked out out for me so I love that sense of you know everything felt safe but I knew that once high school was over I'm like it's gonna be a whole new world new world and I'm like I, I had such a fear I'm like I'm not gonna get a job anywhere um, I'm never gonna have a boyfriend I'm never gonna get married I'm not gonna have kids I'm not Maybe not have friends outside of the friends I have now. Like, I was just like, I just did not want to get older. Like, I really didn't because it scared me. I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to be. It sounds like it's going to be awful. And, um, but, it, but anyway, it, it's not. <laughs> it's great. But, um, you know, I think the hardest, so that was, that was the hardest thing back then. Now, I think the hardest thing, there's really nothing hard now. Um, the only thing that's, you know, still kind of, disappointing or annoying is people people do still stare I'm like it's okay I think it's just humans in general even me I stare at something I look at something that's different I think we all do and I think that's human nature but my motto is look but don't stare and if if you're looking so hard go up and talk to the person and ask them I mean, what are you wondering what you're staring so hard like just go up and talk to them if, if you're curious about something ask someone a question mm. you know um that way you're more informed or whatever but yeah probably people looking um but i'll tell you the people that do look at me and stare at me i mean i i've got it really good usually people just come up to me and they're like oh you're so cute i just want to talk to you um when I know you, and they, you know, I, I'm lucky because I get a lot of like positive. It's the instant icebreaker. Yeah, exactly. To it a new friendship. Icebreaker, yeah, and and people are always, you know, like, oh, you're so pretty and you're so sweet, and I love your, I get, I got get so much. I love your energy and your vibe, um, and 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 I think people too are surprised that someone like me, as small as I am, can just maneuver and cut a rug. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, okay. Ali and I have been out a few times. She will dance all night off some water and a few drinks. But you know what I'm saying? Hey, how? How? That's all I'm going to say is how. I, I do. I love to dance. Um, I do not care about size when I get on the dance floor. I don't care who's looking. Um, I just feel the moment, you know, put on a good song and. I don't care. I don't care anymore about. I used I I used to worry so much about what people thought and what are they thinking about me. And I think when I got in my um, late twenties, finally my confidence kicked in, and it was like, who cares what people think? Who cares if they're staring? Who cares what they're thinking in their head? Who cares? Just do you like live your life because nobody can live it for you but you. Mm. I like that. I appreciate that. that that's a gem. Um, going off of that also, and then kind of going back to one of your fears to touch on is is dating. Um, and then adding a plot twist, you live in L.A., so dating and dating in L.A., two different things. How hard has that been? Well, um, actually, and I don't even think I've shared this with you, so this will be a surprise to you, too. I actually was married. Oh, plot uh, twist. Yes, I was married. Um, not anymore. So I really didn't get to date so much in L.A., but I'm single now, so here we <laughs> <Get> go. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so I'm single now, but um, so yeah, um, so uh, but but in my prior prior before I, when I was before I was married, mm-hmm. um, I 
I don't know. I never really, even in Indiana, I really didn't have um, too much trouble. Um, um, I had a couple of major relationships, you know, back in the day, uh, some serious relationships, and um, these were the average size guys, and, um, you know, I, they, uh, I always wondered, you know, dating me, the thing is, like, I'm, obviously, I'm me. I'm going to be me until the end. Period. Yeah. But I know that, you know, someone that is average size dating somebody like me, I always wondered um, what they, like, because I think that people worry, some people, unless you're confident, I think that people do worry about what other people are thinking. So I always was kind of, like, concerned for the, the person I was with, like, are they ashamed? Are they embarrassed? Um I mean, they're okay with this behind closed doors. You know, they, they're great with, with this. But right. what, what are they really thinking? Luckily, the, rela- the relationships I had, though, um, they were all pretty confident. They didn't care um, what others thought of them. That's really cool. Um, yeah, they didn't care at all. Um, so, and, and, that, and that's what I want. I don't want someone. I definitely don't want to be with anyone that is like, oh, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah, I want to be with you. I want to date you. But then is not You're afraid and ashamed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't e- don't even come at me. Like, I feel that. Don't even just if you're not cool with it, I don't want you to be cool with it. Because this isn't for everybody, you know, and, and I don't want it to be. You know, so That's awesome. Um, yeah. So So going back to the professional life now and talking about a few of the jobs you have had, um, outside of those, um, you know, like you said you get kind of typecasted for the 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 little person rolls on stuff. You got to have a really cool experience that actually helped you move to L.A., and that was in New York. You care to share? Because this I is do. dope. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It was such a, a, an awesome thing. Um, so anyway, I was the um, the body double and the stand-in of um, Little Miss Willow Smith, and she's not little anymore. She's big. She's on her mom's red talk or red table red talk table and everything. Talk. Yeah. yeah. She is not a little girl anymore, but when I was her, since I am three foot eight, um, I was her, got the opportunity to be her body double and stand in, in the movie. She was in the movie I Am Legend. That was her first movie with her dad. And Who's uh, her dad again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Will on the set, The first, I'll never forget the first day I met him. Uh, as soon as I got to New York, they flew me in, of course, put me up. And the first day they took me to the set in a limo. Um, so of course I'm feeling like a superstar. I'm like, As you what? should. Heck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had never done anything like this in my life. So, um, but he, uh, Will, Will would call me Miss Allie, um, every day on the set. So that was his nickname for me. But, um, yeah, no, it was a, a, an amazing opportunity working with him. Um, Jada was on set every day because this was her baby girl in the right. first movie. So she was very hands-on. Um, Willow was six years old at the time when I was her body double. Um, so I stayed in New York for six weeks. We shot the, um, evacuation scene. So, um. It's the helicopter scene, right? It's the helicopter scene, yeah. So they put me in her exact, uh, outfit. It was the red coat, the purple pajamas, with the boots. <laughs> you remember the whole outfit. <laughs> I remember the outfit <laughs> like it was yesterday. And um, I, my hair's long, so they put, um, her hair was like in little, it wasn't dreads, but little, her hair was short and it was like curly, if you guys all remember the movie. Um, my hair is long, so they had to put a wig on me that was very similar to her hair. Um, so the reason, a lot of people were like, why did you, why did they need you? Um, just a little FYI. So child, children in movies and TV, uh, there's child labor laws, so children can't work past a certain time on set. So that's why they usually need, um, like, a body double. Adult. Uh, or stand-in. Yeah, an adult little person. So that's where I came in at. And lucky for me, um, it was the most amazing experience. Um, there were times where I'm filling in for her. So, of course, Will Smith got to pick me up um, <laughs> and in the freezing cold during that crazy scene. There were... Um, people running everywhere we had real emt uh after emt uh national coast guards it's the most in, in 
insane, insane. scene ever. Um, it was seven. Uh, it was below. I think it was like two degrees out. There were people that were the extras. Some of them had to be taken to the hospital Oof. for frostbite. I mean, it was just so cold. Oof. Yeah, it was very brutal. But, you know, when Will picked me up, and I didn't care how cold it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was nice and warm inside. Oh, I'm my like, God. you do not have to put me down, okay? I'm right in your face. <laughs> oh, it was man. a lovely place to be. That's awesome. So, I mean, going off of that now, coming into L.A., um, and I guess you could say, when you go out to the auditions, what, when you said, like, you're getting typecasted for little person parts, what does that entail? Um, you know, a, a lot of it is, uh, I'll tell you, a lot of it is creature or monster or, you know, think of, everyone think of when you see little people represented on, uh, on TV, in TV and on film. We're not really represented necessarily in a great light. Usually we're, you know, some kind of creature or some kind of monster or leprechaun or elves. I mean, gosh, if I can tell, if I had a dollar for every elf audition, I You could pay on. rent for a month? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be good to go. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's how we're always, uh, you know, represented on TV and, you know, uh, I'm frankly, I'm kind of over it um, because I'm like, well, we're real people in everyday life. Like, why couldn't I just be a woman in a coffee shop? Or why can't I play a doctor on TV? There are really little people doctors, you know. Why can't I just be a teacher in a classroom? Um, there, I mean, it's changing a little bit. Peter Dinklage, you know, on Game of Thrones, I mean, he, he's killing it right now. Um, he's been in various... Um, I've seen him in various roles. Funny, like that one movie he did with Chris Rock, that was hilarious. Um, about the funeral, I forget the name of the movie. But, I mean, so he's been definitely very versatile in, in the roles he's doing. Um, but it's just him. Like, there can't just be, you know, and he's amazing, but there can't just be one person playing just regular roles as a little person. I mean, I feel like there's got to be more than just one. And especially with me, I think it's cool. I mean, I'm a woman of color, too. I'm black, you know. And um, I think I could be a little cookie, like, on Empire, you know. <laughs> I could be a little bo boss bitch, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a little cookie. <laughs> I mean, like, why could I? Like I like it. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, so, I, yeah. So, that's what I'm trying to... Uh, push the agenda for yeah i'm trying to push the agenda to hollywood and to casting directors and to whoever whomever even like my agency don't just send me out on crazy shit like send me out on send me out on anything and everything even if you don't if that's not what the role called for um if you do send me out it might change whoever's casting for this they might think oh i never thought of putting a little person in this but it works you know what i mean so I just kind of want to change the, the game in Hollywood and just say that, um, you know, or, and, and even just not with just acting, but like, I, why couldn't I be a model running, you know, walking down a runway fashion show? Like, you know, I mean, I feel like I can, I feel like I can do anything. There's nothing that doesn't limit me. I'm, I'm, I feel like I could do it all. Just give me opportunity. Mm. What, um, what would be a, a, an ideal role or a dream role for you? If you could walk into any type of role, what would it be? Yeah, I would really love a reoccurring role. I'd really love to be a regular cast mate or member um, on, on any um, show. I I mean, not just any show, but I I guess, um, you know, as an actor, they ask you, you know, what are you most comfortable with? I'm, sometimes people say I'm funny. I don't really think I'm funny. I don't, um, I mean, I would be open to, playing a comedic role, but I think more so, I would like to just be a, a character in a, a, drama, a drama series. Um, um, you know, there's so many outlets of how to watch shows now. There's Hulu, Netflix, Tons. Amazon Prime. I mean, there's um, HBO Go and all that stuff, right. Yeah, there's, there's new shows in development daily, you mm -hmm. know, and so that's when I'm, uh, so when we were talking earlier, when I feel like I'm going to have made it. I mean, I, I've done, um, I've been on two reality shows as reality shows, which they were both great experiences. 
Um, and I did have a role on a great show called Better Things, which is currently still, um, I think they're in season, I don't know, five or six or whatever. Um, that show is doing well. I had a great role on that. Um, but it was just kind of a, a one-time thing. One-time, right. Yeah, but I, I, I need reoccurring. I need regular. So um, when I get that, then that's when I'll be like, ah, I made it. You, you know, made it. I'm there. Yeah. That's what's up. And how do you think or how how do you push the agenda on your behalf? Like like you were saying, you're reaching out to the casting directors or you're reaching out to your agency and stuff like that. Like what what are the steps that need to be done? Like is it like – boycotting, you know, all the castings, is it, I mean, I don't want, I'm not trying to like bring up an a coup or anything like that, but you know, what are some of the steps um, that you would like reach out to other little people listening or just anybody that you know, actors and actresses to speak of? Or? Yeah. Well, okay. You know, just thinking of people of color, when you think of us um, in, in movies and TV back in the day versus Ooh. now, yes, we have, come a long way um what is it spike just won a oscar yes he did yes he did shout out to black Klansmen. yes so i you know i I don't really think necessarily boycotting is the answer i think it's more so getting an understanding i think talking um uh having communication basically with with uh, I don't know how, how you would do it, really, but just, like... The people in the right areas. Yeah, the people in the right areas. Um, I think just maybe as little people in general, like anyone that is interested in entertainment, as myself, maybe just having that that um, that platform of talking to uh, the people that the, the, the people on, you know, like having that platform to say, hey, basically broaden your mind... Um, Think outside of the box. It shouldn't even really be thinking outside the box because I, I don't feel that I'm really different from you. I mean, obviously I am, but it's just allowing like, everybody a seat at the table. Yeah, I just feel like this should be the norm because now it is the norm. People of color, represented in everything, it is the norm now. It used to not be. Right. I mean, we, you know, come a long way. We've come a long way, but it is the norm. So now, when you see a, a black person on TV. It's not like, oh, that's weird, or oh, my goodness, you know. It used to be like that, but it's not now. So the more you get used to seeing someone like me, it, it just will become a regular thing. It won't be, um, you know, a, a big deal. What is going on, Say Loud family? It is your host, Boogie the Beast. I want to say thank you so much for everybody who's been rocking with me since the beginning. This is a milestone anniversary episode, my 25th episode interview. Thank you so much. 40th overall on the network of Say It Loud. And we're not stopping here. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to grind. And I'm going to keep finding people. If you know some people out there that need to be on this, please send them my way. Until then, let's finish out with Miss Allie Chapman. And I thank you guys so much for getting me to this point. All right, and we are back for the last part of this episode of Say It Loud, still sitting down with Miss Chapman, and we are getting on to this last piece. I just wanted to finish out kind of with, um, you know, when it's all said and done, where, where, where's your life? Where, where do you want to end up? I guess you could say not only in the physical realm, but kind of just what have you done for the industry? What have you done in your regular life? Like, what, what is it? What is it when Ali looks back on her life and? Has a museum named after her, or has history books, or something like that. What, what is what is in the goals and dreams of Miss Chapman? The the biggest thing that I want to do with everything that I want to accomplish career wise with that, because when you're when you get a platform, you're able to do so much, and that is it, it's not just I want to do this and do that just so I can be known or have money or anything like that. I think. Because when you go, you don't take any of this with you. Mm. Um, I would love to leave behind some type of legacy or something. The, the main thing is I just want to use what I have and what I will hopefully receive and give back and to help. I know what it's like to struggle. Um, I know, I mean, I know how hard life is, and I think there's so many people struggling and and having such hard times so i really want to be able just to you know um i can't do a whole lot right now 
I do what I can now, but um, I feel like I would be able to do so much more given the right opportunity. So I want to reach back and help people, and not and not just in not just with money and resources, but that is the biggest thing. But also, I want to also help people emotionally as well. People that are insecure, um, you know, I I I'm been super insecure being a little person in a world that is not made for you talk about insecurity on level 100 somehow I became secure and I got my confidence along the way it wasn't easy and there are days when I still I'm like oh this sucks but I just want to you know inspire people to be comfortable in the skin that you're in accept it and make the most of it don't be ever be ashamed of who you are um, it, it kills me when I see like women and they're like, Oh, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, Hey, but look at me. And, and I'm not putting myself down, but I'm just saying, no, I mean, talk about at struggle. This, I've really struggled, you know, but I, I'm okay with, I'm okay. My confidence level is, is through the roof. And I want you to, to also share that confidence with me and be proud of who you are. Anyone, not just women, I mean, everybody, children, especially, I, I did, uh, I got the wonderful opportunity where I got to um, talk to uh, school kids and I talked about everything about like bullying and accepting yourself and doing that, I did that a couple years in a row, talking to those kids, um, set aside all the things I've done in you know TV and, and and movies and stuff like that that was the most fulfilling thing that I ever did mm. um, and I wasn't paid to do that or anything but just to be able to talk to young children to believe in yourself um, that was uh, I, I never will forget that experience so I want to share that with the world just with everyone you know just love yourself be yourself and and um, and everything is is, is as long as you love yourself. You don't need anyone else's a approval or, or anything like that. You just need yourself. And that's it, you know? <laughs> that's amazing. Um, just to wrap it up then, and then uh, we'll definitely be able to keep in touch with you and how do we keep in touch with you and stuff like that. Kind of already touched on it. Um, I always like to have people write a letter. Um, I'm going to ask you to write a letter um, to the past but as a we'll say we'll say 20 years in the future but I want you to write backwards if that okay. makes sense totally. to um, just not only, not just entertainers but just little people coming out of high school or in high school like you said just giving them a word of advice like um, if you could give word of advice or just like motivation to those getting ready to enter into the world of that we live in now and I mean you know like we said it's it's growing every day with the things and insecurities that people have to deal with, um, what would your letter say? It would say, dear, dear anyone who is struggling with adversity, I just want you to know that I too struggled with adversity from day one. And here I am as, as a, a, a grown-up, a woman, um, life isn't always going to be easy for you. Um, people are going to look, people are going to stare, people are going to talk about you, people are going to put you down, people are going to bully you. However, you find your circle, you find your people, you find your tribe, you find those that support and love you, who you are, and, and, and how you are. You keep those people close to you, but also uh, keep your sense of faith, trust in um, God or whoever it is that, you know, whatever your religion or whatever you worship, keep your sense of faith more importantly. Know that life is, for all of us, is short on this planet. Uh, it really is, it's, it may seem like you're going to be here for a long time, but at the end of the day, none of us is here long. So write it out. The good and the bad. Um, do not, do not let what others. No one is more important than anyone else. Do not let what others say about you dictate how you should be and what you should do. 
or, or not to show who you are. Um, just be yourself, love yourself, find your confidence. If you can't find it, seek, seek something that will help you get it, whether it be books or um, a person that's going through what you're going through, support groups, um, anything that will make your struggle um, a better one. And also know this, that anyone and everyone, even if it's somebody that is a, a what would be considered a typically gorgeous person, don't think that they don't have struggles too. Don't think that they're not going through things just because of the way they look. We all, all of us have insecurities. And some of us, uh, my motto is, I always say, um, we're all unique and we're all different, but some of us wear it on the outside. I am one that wears it on the outside because I am so different. If you are like me or know someone like me, just know that it's okay to be different. It's actually a good thing. There are people that do things to themselves to be different. They get tattoos. They dye their hair. You get to be, you're lucky. If you're like me, you're lucky. You don't have to do anything. You're already different. And that makes you special. So know that you're special. Believe in yourself. Love yourself. And everything will be all right. Love me. <laughs> I like that. That was beautiful. Thank um, you. And just to wrap it on up, finish it on up, how do we keep in contact with you? How do we follow you through your career? What are the dope things we get to do and see? Um, yeah, well, you can find me on, I'm on social media. Uh, I'm on, uh, you can find me on IG. Um, I'm Miss Amazing Allie. Let me spell that for you. M-I-S-S Amazing A-L-I, and the same for my Twitter. Uh, Twitter's also Miss Amazing Allie. I have a Facebook fan page. It's Allie Chapman. It's A-L-I-C-H-A-P-M-A-N. So that's where you can find me on social media. I do also have a website. Um, I think it's... (laughs) My manager set it up for me. I think it's AllieChapman.com. So, yes, um, definitely... Reach out to me any questions. Keep in touch, um, you know, and hopefully I'll be bringing some really fun and exciting things to you guys this year. I'm currently in a stage play right now, and, um, you know, it's only February, so we have uh, 10 more months left in the year. So let me tell you guys, I plan on killing it, okay? You're That's gonna right. see me all over the place. I'm going to get back on TV and... And, and hopefully do the, the whole entertainment circle, circuit. So, um, anyway, just, yeah, I look forward to um, bringing it. <laughs> That's right. Once again, it is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much for sitting down on Say It Loud, Miss Chapman. Enjoy the rest of your day. And for the rest of y'all, stay black and stay woke. <laughs>